So, again, what, what is the name of the series? What have we been talking about? Love is. You guys remember what the first one was? Love is what? What was the first week? From God. Not God. Love isn't God. I thought about that, and I was like, God is love, but is love God? It's not. We don't worship love. We worship God. Right? So, love is from God, which comes out of uh, 1 John. It says, God is love. And so, if God is love, and then it also says that love comes from God, and that's why we can love, and why we can know what love is, because of God. Are you able to turn up the house lights a little bit? Just a little bit. You guys are dark. I don't like you guys being in the dark. I need to keep an eye on you too, John. Make sure you're not goofing around. <laughs> so what was the next week? You guys remember what that one is? Week two, love is tough. Tough love. We talked about what was it all about. You guys remember? Discipline. Is that? Yeah, that's a fun one, isn't it? Yes. So what do you guys think the title is this week? I don't have a graphic for you. I sent it to, to Josh, but he never sent me anything. So I guess we got nothing. That's all right. <coughs> Love is gratitude. No, it's not that. First week was all about agape love, right? You guys remember what agape love is? What? What's agape love? Unconditional love? Yes, it's, a, it's an action, right? It's what you do, Caitlin, right? As if I didn't see you whispering in her ear. <laughs> but it's... It's a love that is an action. It's something that we do, and it's shown by our action, right? We've got 1 Corinthians 13, which tells us what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right, John? Love doesn't demand its own way. <laughs> what a jerk. That's not very loving, right? Love is supposed to be kind. And that wasn't a very kind thing, John. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, continuing on. Hey, hey, you leaders. You're being a distraction. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, what was the other love that we talked about? There was actually two, but what was the other big one? You guys remember the Greek word? It starts with a P-H, making the F sound. What do you think it is, Cole? What'd you say? Phileo? Yes, that is right. Phileo or philia. It's where we get the word Philadelphia comes from that. Did you guys know that? Brotherly love. That's what it means. Because philia is the first part of it, which means love. And the second part is a word that means brother. Put them together, brotherly love. That's what it means. So, phileo, another way of translating it, is tender affection. That's the kind of love that you have for your friends, right? You have a deep love for them, right? You have an affection towards them that it's, it's a soft love towards them, as well as we have a tough love for them too sometimes, when we need to, right? 
but it's a, it's a sweet kind of love. It's a tender love. So that's what this week is all titled. Love is tender. Tender. Everyone say tender. There you go. <laughs> so the scripture I'm going to pull up for this one, Gregory, you can, out of the NIV, I'm going to jump between NIV and NLT today. So the first one is out of the New International Version, and it's Proverbs 18, verse 24. You guys remember what my favorite book of the Bible is? <laughs> Philippians? No, it's Proverbs. <laughs> Philippians is one of my favorites in the New Testament, for sure. It's a really good one. It's my feel-good book. If you're ever feeling down, just go read, go read Philippians. It'll encourage you. So, Proverbs 18, 24, it says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, phileo is often translated as friend or friendship. That's what it's connected to. That's what it's tied to. It's a close friendship kind of love. You don't have a phileo love for your cashier at grocery, unless they're a close friend of yours, then you do, right? <laughs> you can always tell when somebody has that phileo kind of love for their cashier that's cashing them out because they're not having normal conversation with them, right? You go, oh, they clearly know each other. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen that, experienced that? I know for myself, when I go to Safeway and Seth is there, he's a friend of mine. And when I see Seth Grant there, I definitely treat him differently as a cashier than I do the other cashiers I would have that I am not friends with because I've got a friendship with him. I've got a connection. It's something that you can see. It's a friendship that is visible to the outside world. You can see a phileo kind of love from somebody just the way you can see an agape kind of love where you're doing something for somebody, right? where you're loving somebody out of action. But this is more of an affection. It's, it's a different kind of love. Who wants to have reliable friends? Anybody? <laughs> I still got a little bit of a cough, so bear with me. But it says here that one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. You guys don't want that, right? You guys want to have reliable friends in your life? Would you guys say you have reliable friends in your life? I would hope so. And if you don't, we'll get into that a little bit. But you guys want to keep yourself from coming to ruin? To coming to destruction is another way of saying it. Coming to a disaster in your life. You guys don't want disaster in your life, right? Having reliable friends definitely helps you from coming to ruin. And it says here that there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, what's the relationship to a brother? Who here has a brother? Raise your hand. Anybody? I'll just say this. Who has a sibling? Because I would say brother relationship is, is talking about brother specifically, but really it's a sibling relationship in general. But there's, there's a close connection between brothers and to a brother. And how many of you who have a brother see yourself ever not having a relationship with them? Anytime soon? Anybody? 
If you have a brother, you're probably going to have them in your life the rest of your life, right? You don't perceive them leaving your life anytime soon. And I hope you don't perceive yourself leaving them in your relationship anytime soon. But it's, it's a relationship that we have, but it's kind of obligated, right? It has to be there, in a way. I mean, you can choose to obviously cut yourself off from your family, but you'll always have a connection to them, right? Right, Michael? You guys listening? You'll always have a connection to your family, right? Because of your name. Your name's attached to them. I mean, you can try to cut yourself off from them, but funeral happens, and you're more than likely going to be there, right? If you love them, which I hope you would, <laughs> you're going to be there. Whether you were close to them, whether you feel like they were good to you or not, there's going to be a connection there. And it says here that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I think that that is talking about how you can have a friend that sticks closer than a brother because they're not obligated to. They choose to. They have an affection that they choose to cultivate and encourage and feed in their life with you. And I hope you guys have a friendship like that. <laughs> if you guys don't, I hope you guys get one. Because it's, it's important. It's something that we should have. And that friendship is really important and it really makes a difference in your life. It, it brings a lot of joy to it. So agape love is, I would argue a foundational love that we need to have that strengthens a phileo love that you can have. I would argue that you can have an agape love for somebody without a phileo love, but you can't have a phileo love for somebody without agape love. It's not going to happen. Can you guys choose not to be kind to your friends and continue that way and expect there to be a friendship there still? How many of you think you would have friends still if you treated them like jerks all the time? <laughs> would you keep a friendship there? You might try to, but they probably won't want any more, right? So agape love is foundational. We need to have that kind of love for people. And we should always have that kind of love, right? <laughs> but a phileo love is different. It's something that we desire to have. And it is built on agape love. So, we learned all about agape love a couple weeks ago. Now let's learn a little bit about this phileo love. We start with that foundation of agape love. <laughs> and the next scripture I have is John 5, verse 20. And this verse here talks about how God has this kind of love. He had this kind of love for Jesus while Jesus was walking on the earth. So let's read it. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. What word do you think is being used here for love? Agape or phileo? You think it's agape? It's actually not. He still does, yes. It is phileo. Good job, Erica. <laughs> so think about this. The way we could translate it is, the Father has a tender affection for the Son and shows Him all He does. 
That's the kind of relationship that Jesus had with the Father. This is the type of relationship that Jesus had with God while he was on the earth. And you guys think that that was something that he just suddenly had and never worked on and never cultivated? He had to feed it, right? He had to spend time with God. That's how, that's how he fed that relationship with him. He continually worked on his friendship with God because he was spending time with God continually. He was working on that relationship. Now, God has love for all of us, right? We learned all about that, and we know the scripture that says, for God so loved the world, and that love is agape love that's used, that he gave his only son, right? So God loves the world in a way of laying his life down for it, right? And sacrificing himself. He has patience and kindness towards us. But this love here, tender affection, it's a special kind of love. You guys don't have that tender affection for your teachers, right? You don't have this tender affection for just any random person at your school, right? It's reserved for your friends. It's reserved for those that are closest to you. And it's something that we don't flippantly give out to people. We don't just throw it at others. We choose who we're going to give it to, right? Now we see that God has this kind of love for Jesus. And he shows a tender affection for Jesus. And Jesus had a close relationship. He had a close friendship with God because he spent time with him. My question for you is who are you spending time with? Who are you giving that kind of love to? Because we're going to see in Proverbs and in a couple other areas of the Bible that it's important who we choose to give that kind of love towards. Because those are the type of people that we become like. Jesus was able to grow in his spirituality because he was spending time with God. It says that he grew in stature, he grew in wisdom and understanding. He wouldn't have done that if he wasn't ever spending time with God. (laughs) I really, truly believe that. He had to spend time with him. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Is it people that you want to be like? Is it? Are you surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like? I hope you are. And I hope you're surrounding yourself around people, with people that God wants you to be like too. Because that's really the one that, that's the opinion that matters, right? That's the one that makes a difference. The next scripture I have, Proverbs 12, verse 26. This is out of NIV as well, Gregory. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Are you guys choosing your friends carefully? Are you guys choosing who you're friends with carefully? Think about it, guys. Who do you guys think Jesus spent the most time with? Think it was his disciples? Anyone else? His father. (laughs) You guys think it was God? I do. I thought about that too, Erica. I was like, hmm, who did God spend the most time with? His father. Yes, no, I know. (laughs) Yeah, he spent it with uh, Joseph. (laughs) A lot of time with Joseph. He probably did spend a lot of time with Joseph early on. 
because he was a carpenter, and that's who Joseph was. So he had to learn it from somebody, right? What? He spent the most time with God. He spent, yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Second time after you thought about it? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, he did. He did spend a lot of time with the disciples. Don't get me wrong. He spent a lot of time with them. Over a three-year span of time, though. Think about that. He spent a lot of intentional time over three years. But do you think he only spent intentional time over three years with God? <laughs> no. He spent continual time with God throughout his entire life. The man lived to be 33 years old. He was spending a lot of time with him. And do you guys think that that affected his life? Do you think it made a difference? Well, I think so. I would hope so. <laughs> it, it made a huge difference for Jesus. Jesus knew what God wanted, right? That's what we read in that scripture earlier. It says that he does what he sees the Father doing. He has this love for God, and God had this closeness with him, this tender affection for him. Who do you guys tell the deepest parts of your life to? You guys tell it to your closest friends, right? You can have that friendship kind of love with family too. So obviously you can share that stuff with family too. But you don't, you don't share everything with everybody, right? I don't know everything about all of your lives, right? <laughs> and I would argue I don't want to know everything about all of your lives. <laughs> but you guys share this stuff with the closest friends, right? That's who it's reserved for. And that's, that's the kind of relationship that Jesus had. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. What does that mean? Don't choose to be friends with the wicked, right? <laughs> or what's going to happen? You're going to be led astray. You're going to go down a dark path. You're going to have a rough, rough life on your hands. Erica, Ayasha, listening? Uh-huh. Next verse I have, Proverbs 27, 17. This is New Living Translation, Gregory. So we're switching translations here. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Have you guys heard this verse before? Proverbs, I love it. Such good advice. What does it mean? As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. What do you guys think that means? Erica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys think it would go the other way too, though? If you guys are allowing yourself to be sharpened by somebody who's not somebody you should be like, they're going to sharpen you the wrong way. They're going to turn you into something that you regret. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, having bad friends affects you badly, right? That's why it's important to have good friends. Righteous choose their friends wisely, right? But the wicked will lead them astray. 
Have you guys ever heard the phrase, bad company corrupts good morals? That's scripture, right? I think it's in Proverbs. Bad company corrupts good morals. You guys ever heard misery loves company? You guys heard about that? You want to be miserable? Surround yourself with miserable people. (laughs) And surrounding yourself with miserable people in a way actually feeds the misery in you and encourages you just to be more miserable because it's other people just reaffirming all of the stuff that you already think. All the bad stuff you already think, I should say. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. What friends are you surrounding yourself with? Because it's going to choose the kind of friend that you're going to be. The type of person that you're going to be. There's, I tried to find the exact connection of who said this, but I don't know if you guys have ever heard this phrase. But show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I totally believe that. Scripture says, walk with the wise and you'll become wise. It's in Proverbs. But the companion of fools suffers harm. You guys want to suffer harm? Surround yourself with a bunch of foolish people. And do you guys think it's easy to find foolish people? Totally. It's obvious who the fools are, right? It is so easy to find foolish people. Because why? They're doing foolish stuff. It doesn't take much. I could walk down the halls of Butte High and point out all the fools easily because they're being foolish, right? I could walk down the streets anywhere and go down the streets during St. Patty's Day. Super easy to find fools, right? It's anyone on the streets during St. Patrick's Day, (laughs) except for those that are ministering to them, if God told them to go do it, right? Walk with the wise and you'll become wise, for the companion of fools suffers harm. Who you let sharpen you is your choice. Because why? The righteous choose their friends wisely, right? It is your choice who you put into your life. It is your choice who you allow into your life. Now, obviously, there's certain people that get put in our life that we don't have a choice of, right? You live in a house with them. (laughs) They're in your life, and they're going to be there. You can't avoid that, right? You can avoid a little bit as to how much they affect you and how much they influence you. But the people, the friends that you guys bring into your life is entirely up to you. It is entirely your choice on who you allow to come into your life and influence you. I've heard a lot of people argue, well, I just, I want to be good friends with people that need Jesus so I can be an influence to them. Which, I get that, I understand that. We're, I'm, not, I'm not saying we're not supposed to have anybody that's not a Christian as our friend. We're supposed to be, have friends in our life that aren't believers, that's okay. But it's the phileo type of love, the close, tender affection towards that Jesus warns us about. About not being unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Attaching yourself to somebody and taking on their morals, on their character, on their livelihood, their way of living, 
if you don't see the fruit of God in him. If you want to see your life flourish and grow, make sure you watch who you're giving that kind of filet of love to. Because it's important. It affects your life. As we see in Proverbs here, it says, As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens another. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. The companion of fools suffers harm. The righteous choose their friends wisely. But the wicked lead them astray, right? Be careful who you guys connect yourself with. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you want your future to be good, are there some friends that you might need to cut some ties with? Are there some people in your life that you're maybe giving too much time to? In a sense of your, you, you see them rubbing you the wrong way. They're changing you. Not in a good way. They're turning you into somebody that you're not liking. That you're realizing you're, you're, you've got the voice of God inside of you saying, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and I know where you're getting this from. Right? Jesus spent time with sinners. But he didn't give the closest time of his life to sinners. He gave that to God, right? He gave that to God, and he gave it to the disciples too. But ultimately, he gave it to God. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. The next verse I have is, is the NIV translation this time, Proverbs 13.20. Got a lot of Proverbs for you guys today. <laughs> It's got a lot to say about friendship. Did you guys know that? And if it's a book of wisdom, you think it would be a good book to go to if you want to have good friends, right? If you want to have strong friendships, friends that make a difference in your life and for the better, go read Proverbs. Seriously, it, it really will make a difference. But this one, it says, Proverbs thirteen twenty, out of the NIV, if you surround yourself with friends who are fools, you will suffer the consequences. Walk with the wise and become wise. For the companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise. So I think I, I wrote this one part. If you surround yourself with friends who are fools, you will suffer the consequences. Be careful who you surround yourself with, guys important. God the Father and Jesus had a close, tender affection towards each other. Do you guys think God has this type of friendship and affection for us? You guys want to find out? Let's take a look. Let's see what it says. New Living Translation for this one, Gregory. John chapter 16, verse 26 and 27. water. Good for you. <laughs> it says, then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. What kind of love do you guys think that one is? The agape or phileo? Go dig into it yourself. Go find out. <laughs> it's phileo. I'll let you know. It's phileo. It's, it's the, 
tender affection. It's the love is tender. Say tender. Tender. Tinder. No, we're not saying Tinder. Tender. <laughs> Tinder. So it says, I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. Why do you guys think he says that? Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm not going to ask the Father for you. Why? Why do you guys think that? He wants us to ask him himself. Yes, I totally agree with that. He wants us to ask God. He wants us to talk to him. But why can we? Is it because we have that phileo kind of love? I think so. I think here Jesus is saying, I don't need to ask for you anymore. Because God loves you guys this way. He has a close friendship with you. So you don't need me to ask for you anymore. You can go ask him yourself, right? If there's somebody you want to ask a question of, like say, I think ladies probably do this more than others. Ladies, there's a dude that you want to start dating, but you don't have a friendship with him, but a friend of yours does. You're like, hey, can you go ask him if he likes me? Well, have you ever done that? (laughs) Do ladies still do that today? No? (laughs) Maybe. You don't really need to go ask if you have a friendship with him, right? You don't need to go ask because you have the relationship to go ask him yourself. That's just a side note. Be friends first (laughs) before you start dating somebody. I won't get into that one. (laughs) But Jesus here, he's saying, "I I don't need to ask for you. You guys can go ask God yourself directly. Because you have a relationship with him. But here's, here's the key thing. It says, the Father himself loves you dearly because why? Why does God the Father love us dearly? We'll read the scripture. What does it say? Because why? God the Father himself loves you dearly because why? I want you guys to read this. Read it. What does it say? Because you, what? What does it say? Because you love me and believe that I came from God. So what does that mean? Because you love me. So I want, I want to distinguish between the phileo and agape. God loves everybody, Right? God has love for everyone, but not phileo love. Think about that. This, this blew my mind today, guys. I was studying this, and I'm like, does God have this kind of love for everybody? He doesn't. This is reserved for those that have relationship with God. This kind of love is a love that isn't agape love. Because agape love is what? Unconditional love. This is a love for everybody. God so agape loved the world that he gave his only son. It doesn't say God so phileo loved the world. It doesn't. And it's for a very specific reason. Because it is a closeness. It is a tender affection relationship with that is reserved for those that are quote unquote in the club. (laughs) If you guys believe in what? 
that Jesus came from God. Basically, it's saying if you are in Christ, if you believe in Jesus, that's how you get that kind of love. It's reserved for us as believers. So if you guys are a believer, this, this type of love here, this is totally for you guys. And that's awesome. It's, it's, I, would, I wouldn't say it's a better love than agape love, but I wouldn't say agape love is a better love than phileo. They're both important, and we both need them, right? God wants to have this type of love with everybody, but unfortunately, he doesn't have it with everybody. And it's not because of his choice. It's because of our own, right? So we see that God loves us dearly because of our love for Jesus. We, we choose to love Jesus, and that's how you're going to get this kind of deep, close relationship with him. But again, it's your choice, right? In the same way you can choose to have friends in this world, can you choose to be having a relationship with Jesus? Can you choose to have a close friendship with God? You think you can? I would say yes. You guys can grow in your friendship with somebody, or you can keep it where it is, right? You think you guys become best friends with somebody just by happenstance? (laughs) Oh, you do, huh? (laughs) Just by happenstance, by just happening? Have you ever heard that phrase before? Boom, you're my best friend. No, it takes time, right? Mm-hmm. But it was founded on agape love, right? It was founded by her being kind and standing up for truth, right? Not rejoicing in injustice, which is what agape love is, right? So this, this type of love, it can, it can suddenly happen in its start, but it doesn't stay there. You need to cultivate it. You need to grow it. Because if you choose to be really good friends with somebody, but you never encourage your friendship with them, if you never grow on it and work on it, if you're not continually being a friend, <laughs> you think you guys are going to stay close friends? Probably not, right? Because friends come and go, right? You guys have the same friends you did five years ago? Ten years ago? It changes, right? Over time, it changes. And that's because of a lot of reasons. There's obviously distance can, can affect things. But if you continually work on your friendship, it's going to continually grow your friendship. And I think that that's the same with God. Having a friendship with God... It takes effort on our part, right? God's always showing himself friendly to us. He's always putting himself out there to be a good friend to us, right? But how many of you know that friendship goes both ways, right? How many of you enjoy having a friend, a friend who you're always being a friend to them, but they're not being a friend to you? It sucks, right? It's not fun. When you're like, man, I feel like this friendship's totally one, it's a one-way street. I feel like I'm loving these people all the time, but I'm not getting it returned. It's not being reciprocated back. You guys think that God enjoys that too? No. I think it breaks his heart. When we step in relationship with God, 
we choose to be in a relationship with him, a friendship, a phileo kind of love, we're like, yes. And he says, I'm putting my love there. I'm calling you friends. Awesome. And then we don't even give him the time of day. You guys think that breaks his heart? I totally do. It breaks his heart in the same way it breaks our heart when we're putting ourselves out there for friends and they're not returning it back, right? Does that mean we stop loving people? No, right? Because agape love, we continually love people. We continue to choose to love people. But God has this kind of love for us if you have it for Jesus. That's the key distinction. God has this kind of love reserved for us if we choose to love Jesus and believe that he came from God. That's what the scripture says here, right? God will always love you, but to experience a phileo love with him requires effort. It requires effort on our part, and God will always feel a tender affection for us. But to experience it, you need to choose. You need to cultivate it. Let's check out one of the disciples. So John chapter 20, verse 1 through 2, and I think this is NIV. I didn't mark this one, sorry, Gregory. <laughs> we'll just do our NIV. So it says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. It's always so funny because the one whom Jesus loved is the one who's writing this. John himself is talking about himself in the third person. But he's a, I don't even know if it's a third person. He's not even saying his name. He's like, yeah, the disciple that Jesus loved. I just want you to know the one Jesus loved this guy. <laughs> it's funny, though, because he never points himself out every single time he says it. Now, this here is what? Is this before or after Jesus was resurrected? This is after, right? Because the, the tomb, they, they're there. They rolled the stone away. He wasn't in there. Jesus wasn't in there. And that's, that's what this is talking about. It says that Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, had said they had taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. This phrase, the disciple whom Jesus loved, is used multiple times in the book of John. But this is the one time that the word phileo is actually used for it. Think about that. That's interesting. It's so weird. And I was thinking about it, praying about it, and I'm like, why? Why is that? Why did John, who knew Greek write it that way. He used agape love for every other instance for that situation, saying the disciple whom Jesus loved. But then after Jesus was resurrected, he, he had a different revelation of his relationship with God at that point. His relationship with Jesus, he, in his own heart, it changed. He realized, I'm a friend of God now. This is my friend. This is Somebody that I love. And not just that, 
But now I realize Jesus has this tender affection for me too. It was a turning point for John. In this moment, he realizes Jesus loves me. (laughs) Why? He witnessed him die on the cross, guys. He witnessed him show agape love for him and that he put his trust in that and now he realizes he has this phileo love for me now. I have a closeness with him. There's a connection I have that I've never had before. You guys can have that. You guys can have this kind of phileo love. Do you want that? John had this understanding. He realized it. No longer is God just obligated to love me because he's love, but he chooses to love me. He wants to love me, and he wants a closeness with me. He wants a relationship with me that I don't understand. Think about that, guys. John's understanding of the love that God had for him was incredible. He says this phrase multiple times, that the disciple whom Jesus loved. And it's not that God didn't love the other disciples. John just was knowing, he loves me. I want everybody to know, God loves me. Disciple Jesus loved, that's me. But it can be you guys too. It is you guys. He has that agape love for you, but do you want to have that phileo love? Do you want to have that kind of love that is a close tenderness, a tender affection? Like Caitlin's shoes next to John. <laughs> a closeness. <laughs> you guys want that kind of love. Next scripture I have is Revelation chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Now this one, I can't believe I didn't share this one last week. (laughs) Because I, seeing it, um, it works perfectly. But I really think that it applies greatly to now. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. (laughs) Right? We learned about that last week. God loves you, he's going to discipline you, right? If you're being disciplined, it's why? Because God loves you. But here's the thing. The word for love here is what? It's not. It's phileo. The other ones I shared with you guys last week, those were agape. But how many of you know that friends can say some hard truths sometimes? Friends can say some stuff that maybe we don't want to hear, but we know we need to, right? If you guys don't have friends like that, I encourage you to get some. Because those are the, <laughs> those are the kind of wise friends that we want. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise, right? The righteous choose their friends wisely. You don't want to choose people that just tell you everything you want to hear. Because that's never going to cause us to grow, right? It's never going to push us to be better. But it says, to those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Those I have a tender affection for. Those that I have a close relationship with, right? So be earnest and repent. Here I am. 
I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. I'm glad he puts the word with in there. <laughs> Don't want him to eat us, right? <laughs> I will come in and eat that person. Don't want that. I will come with and eat with that person, right? What is this a depiction of? Eating with somebody and somebody with you. What is that a depiction of? It's having a meal with somebody, right? You guys eat a dinner with just anybody? You guys have lunch or dinner? You guys have breakfast with just anyone? Breakfast especially, right? Because that's early in the morning. That's reserved for those that we actually love, right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't have breakfast with just anyone. <laughs> it says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. they with me. You guys sit at the lunch table with your worst mortal enemy during school at lunch. You guys do that? When you guys when you guys have lunch, who do you have lunch with? You choose to sit with who? You go sit with your teachers? Probably not, right? I hope not. <laughs> if you're homeschooled, you, you don't really have a choice, right? <laughs> you unfortunately have to eat with the people that might be your enemy for the day. <laughs> Yeah, the table was before. Yeah, well, she's quoting scripture, weirdly. <laughs> but here, Jesus is saying, I'm knocking at the door. I'm here, I'm knocking. Now, this, this specific passage is actually written for a church. Did you guys know that? This here, Jesus is talking to a church. So, who is he talking to? Believers, right? Which is why he can use the word phileo for them. Because they have a relationship with him. He says, I'm here. I'm knocking at the door. He wants to have a relationship with you guys. Are you listening? Ellie said a chicken. A chicken. Huh. Won't get into that. Jackie's going to listen to this and be like, what the heck were they talking about? (laughs) So Jesus is knocking at the door. He wants relationship. He wants relationship with you guys. But it's up to us if we're going to open the door, right? And the depiction of I will come eat with you and you with me is a depiction of closeness, of friendship, of relationship, right? Because we don't just have dinner with anybody. We don't choose to let anybody into our house and sit at our table and eat a meal with us. We're not just going to open the door for some weirdo. The mailman comes up to you, knocks on the door, and says, Hey, it's my lunch hour. Mind if I uh, have a taste of what you're having for lunch? (laughs) smells pretty good in there. What are you eating? Mind if I take a bite? (laughs) That'd be weird, right? You're not going to open the door for that guy? You guys, in the summer, you're grilling outside, and some, some dude walks up and sits at the table with you guys outside on the patio. And he starts eating with you. You're going to look at him funny, right? You're like, what the heck are you doing? Get off my yard. Get out of here, you freak. Right? We're not going to open the door to just anybody. And Jesus is saying, I want relationship with you. And what's shocking about this is he's talking to a church. He's talking to people that should have that kind of relationship with him. He's talking with people that should have fellowship with him. 
but they don't. This is about the church, guys. This is believers. This is people that are claiming to follow Jesus. And I would argue there's people in this room that might be in this position where Jesus has been knocking. He's saying, hey, what's the deal? I thought we were friends. But do your actions show who you're friends with? Yeah. The people that we let into our life is what? It's our choice. It's our decision. (laughs) They're our friends, yes. (laughs) But it's our choice, right? Guys, if you want Jesus into your life, it takes a part of your choice. It takes effort on your part. God is going to love you regardless. He's going to choose to love you no matter what. But if you guys want this kind of close, tender, affectionate love with somebody, he'll never force it on you. It is entirely up to you if you step into that type of relationship. It's entirely up to you if you're going to choose to allow that to happen in your life. I just got a couple more verses here. John 11, 1 through 3. This one's out of the NIV. I know that one for sure, (laughs) because I marked it this time. Now this one here, this is a relationship that Jesus had with somebody. John chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. John! Making noises on his phone. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister, Martha. Bethany was a city in Israel. And it was fairly, fairly close to where Jesus grew up. It wasn't super close, but it was, I mean, it would be like Anaconda. It was fairly close, right? So this is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, back then they walked. <laughs> it says, this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord, and wiped his feet with her hair. John is just explaining, this is a relationship here. This is a close friendship Jesus has with this family. He knows these people intimately. It's a close friendship. Now he says, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And that's phileo. That's phileo love. That's what it says. And the next one I have for you is just a little bit further. Let me find it here. Hold on. Same chapter, Gregory, but starting at verse 30 through 36. In the New Living Translation, the one you love is sick. It, was, it says, actually, a dear friend is sick. That's, that's how it translated. So it's this close friendship. That's what the word phileo is representative of. Now, continuing on, verse 11, or verse 30, sorry. <laughs> out of the NIV again. It says, Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So Mary gets up and she leaves the house quickly. And they're like, oh, she's clearly just really grieving right now, and she's going to the tomb to go cry. 
at the gravesite. So they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. I think that's kind of interesting. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. And they told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. This is the phileo love that it says, see how much he loved him. We see that Jesus, he had this love with people, even while he was here on the earth. He had a closeness. And that type of close affection and love is visible to the outside world. We see here the disciples, the Jews that were with him, those that were standing nearby, they were able to say he had a closeness with him. Why? Because they saw his grieving heart. They saw how it moved him when Lazarus was dead. It says that he was welled up with anger. And I want you guys to know, the things that happen in your life is not a reflection of the lack of love that God has for you. I want you to know that. Remember that. If bad stuff happens in your life, it's not because God doesn't love you. It's because there's an enemy who hates you. It's got nothing to do with God doesn't love you. <laughs> and even that God doesn't have an affection for you. Because we see here that Jesus did, right? His close friends died. And he's moved. He's grieved over it. It affects him. And it it affects God. When you guys are going through rough stuff, God's grieved by it. If he has a closeness with you guys, it hurts him. It does. Which is why he did action for us to be set free, right? It says here that, see how much he loved him. He had a close friendship with somebody. He had a closeness. But at this point, Jesus had been spending time with these people. He had relationship with them. You guys think he just went around to everybody who died that week and just cried over them? <laughs> no. Why? Because he didn't have relationship with those people, right? But here, Lazarus is a close friend, and we see that it affects him because he had a closeness with him. If Jesus never would have had a closeness with this family, think about this. If Jesus never had relationship with this family here, with Mary Magdalene, with Lazarus, with all of these people, do you think he ever would have been at this gravesite when this happened? I don't think he would have. Because there was no relationship. Unless God obviously asked him to go there and raise Lazarus from the dead, then yeah, he would have done it. <laughs> But we see here that relationship with God can bring breakthrough in your life. Choosing to have a relationship with God invites him into your life in a way unimaginable. In a way that changes your world. It changes your life. You can have just friends that are acquaintances. You can have people that you just call your, call your friend. And you can have that kind of relationship with God. 
Where you're just like, yeah, yeah, I know God. But it's up to you if you're going to have this kind of friendship, this kind of relationship. The, the, the thing that raises people from the dead, guys. <laughs> That's what happens later on. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. <laughs> That's nuts. And Lazarus, I would argue, he probably never would have been raised from the dead if he never had relationship with Jesus. If he never had a closeness with him. That's depicted here, that phileo kind of love. I don't know if it ever would have happened. We never would have known. But guys, if you want to see your life affected this way, you need that filet of love. You need to have that closeness. You need to make that choice to say, God, I'm going to put the work in to be with you. Because I know you put the work in to be with me. The fact that we can even have this kind of closeness with God is unbelievable because of the sin that separated us from God. But God wants us to have that kind of friendship. He wants us to have that closeness. And God wants us to have that kind of friendship with others too. Because we see here, this is my last point, we see that Jesus had this relationship with God the Father, right? And now we also just learn that Jesus himself had relationship with others too. He had it with people, people in his life, everyday people. So if God wanted Jesus to have that kind of relationship with people, God wants you guys to have that too. He wants you to have that kind of friendship with people. He wants you to choose wisely who you give that friendship to, right? But it's important to have friends in our life, right? It's important to have people that are going to make a difference in your life. Lazarus in Jesus' life brought great joy to him. It really did. It brought great sorrow too. We saw that. But Jesus was able to experience close friendship. And he wants us to have that too. If God wanted Jesus to have a closeness with him as well as with others... Do you think God wants us to do the same? He doesn't want us to just have a closeness with Him. He doesn't just want us to have a close, intimate fellowship with God alone. He wants us to have that with others too. Because if God didn't want that for us, then the model that Jesus did for us would have looked differently. He would have just stayed on a mountaintop praying all the time. <laughs> he would have just had a close friendship with God alone. But He didn't. He had it with other people too. And we see that here. So who are you who are you friends with? Who are you allowing yourself to be friends with? What kind of friendships do you guys have? Are they are they friendships that you're proud of? If you were to have Jesus come walk with you with your friends, would you be proud of it? <laughs> if Jesus was spending time with you when you're spending time with your friends, would you be embarrassed? <laughs> because you know, eh, I probably shouldn't have these friends. Or would you be proud of it? And would, would you know that God is pleased by it? Because he's pleased by the relationships you have. 
So I want you guys to think about that tonight. Think about the kind of friends that you have. Who's sharpening you? And the biggest question is, are you allowing God to sharpen you? Because God wants to have that kind of friendship with you guys. And if you want to be a good friend, having God help you be a good friend always works better than doing it without him. God wants to be a part of your life. He wants to have that kind of close, intimate friendship with you guys. And I want you to know, I'm not perfect at this either. This, this challenged me. Studying this this week, I was like, wow. Does my life show that I have that kind of friendship with God? Is it visible to the outside world where they say, wow, see how he loves him. Play a love. See how he loves God. The way that everybody said that about Jesus when he went to see Lazarus. Or are they seeing it's not really that kind of a deep love? I hope that that's what people think of me. I hope that they see a, a deep kind of love. And I hope that they see that for you guys too. So let me pray. And then we'll get into groups. God, we want to have this kind of friendship. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that that's on the fence about it, they're like, I don't know if I want that kind of friendship. Lord, I just pray that you would show them it's worth it. It is so worth it stepping into that kind of relationship with you. God, I pray that they would understand that you are at the door. You're knocking. You want to join them in the closest parts of their life, in their home. We don't let just anybody into our house. Only those that we we want in our house, for the most part. <laughs> God, I pray that they would, they would choose to let you in. <coughs> God, I pray that I would choose to let you in all the time. That you're out there knocking and that I would choose to let you and invite you in. God, we thank you that you put yourself out there in vulnerable position to be hurt by us. All for the sake of love, knowing that we could love you. God, I pray that people here, they would choose, choose to, to step into that kind of relationship. In Jesus' name, amen.